The creation in agony. The animals certainly sensed this. Certainly the creation had to be in mourning and groaning over this heinous crime that was being put upon its creator. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Today on In Grace, we will be talking about the agony of our dear Savior, Jesus. As we're going through the life of Jesus Christ and our series called The Story of Jesus, and obviously we're here near the end as he is about to die, but we're we're not so sad because we know the rest of the story. We know the third day he rose again and he appeared to many people and he ascended into heaven and he's coming back. So we're excited. Those that have believed in him are saved from our sins, the sins that he bore on the cross. He did this for you and for me. So we're gonna talk about the 17 things that happened on the cross or the events that surrounded this and things that he said were going to be covering 8 through 17 today. And the first thing that we're going to see is, surprisingly, he had the wherewithal, the love, the compassion to make sure his mother, uh, Mary, was taken care of. So all of this and more today here on In Grace. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let me remind you that I'm so excited to have a very special person coming to my church. His name is Mike Pompeo. I'm sure you recognize him for being the Secretary of State of the United States last time. And he is uh, also a, a believer, one that knows Jesus Christ as Savior. And he's going to be here at our church this Sunday. Uh, and if you live in the Midwest, let me encourage you to come. If you live too far away, as we broadcast all over the world, then let me encourage you to listen live or watch live. And you can find out all the details of about Mike Pompeo and the event we're having on our website, ingraceradio.com. You can also look at our website and learn about our cruise to Alaska. We're having Bruce Malone come. It's a creation cruise. If you've ever thought how wonderful it would be to see Alaska, now is the time. No vaccine requirements, no testing. Just go and enjoy the cruise. And to find out more information, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel. Number eight, Jesus makes sure that his mother is cared for. I am so surprised that he took the time in his agony to make sure his mom was taken care of. Let's read about that in John 19 and verse 25. It says, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene. We pointed out last time that there were women at the cross uh, there are always women that got to witness uh, the birth of Christ. Mary was the one that was told first about the Messiah coming and that she would bear the Messiah. We see women uh, here at the cross. We see women at the resurrection. And I just love that, that they have such love and compassion. But of course, Jesus' mother was there. In verse 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother. Now again, how aware would you be? How uh, how would we even be able to notice something like that? But Jesus did. He saw his mother and the disciples standing by. Anytime you read that in John, John was very modest. He never said, he never wrote about himself. He would just say things like, and the disciples standing by. That's John, 
whom he loved, and by the way, he would also call himself the disciple that Jesus loved, which is true, but still modest. Jesus, he said unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple John took her unto his own home. We are almost positive that Jesus' legal father, Joseph, had died early on. And so Mary would be someone he was caring for, making sure that she had everything that she needs, and that's our responsibility. That's what God tells us to do. If you have parents, you are to make sure that they're cared for. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to make sure that you finance a, a wealthy lifestyle for them, but certainly make sure that their needs are met. That's your responsibility. And here Jesus was making sure of that even as he was agonizing on the cross. How could he even have that time, that moment, to, to think about that, to see that as he was uh, suffocating? Blood was certainly pouring out of him through the spikes in his hands and feet and the scars on his body from the flogging trying to lift himself up to be able to breathe as crucifixion was much about asphyxiation. And even in those moments, he had enough strength and lung ability to say all of that. That took a lot out of him. But he made sure Mary was going to be taken care of. Do you think Simeon's words that Mary had heard from this godly man in the temple all those years ago were coming back to her ears. Simeon had said in Luke 2.35 to Mary, yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. As Jesus saw the sorrow of his mother, instead of Focusing on his own sorrow, on his own pain, he chooses to focus on helping his mother. And then the ninth thing that we see is that the soldiers are going to mock Jesus. We've seen this already. We're going to see it again in Luke 23, verse 36. And as the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. Now, they had already offered him vinegar and gall. Is the offering of vinegar to him, mocking him? Probably was. You know, you didn't want it the first time. Maybe you want it now. Maybe you, should have, maybe you should have had it in the first place. Either way, they were mocking him, and there's nothing worse than mocking someone. Nothing worse than mocking God. And then the mocking didn't stop with the soldiers, for also Matthew tells us in Matthew 27, 39, that people that were passing by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. In other words, you know, they were reminding Jesus that he had said, that this temple would be torn down in three days, he would raise it up. What temple was he talking about? He was talking about himself, his body. And certainly he would be raised in three days. But they were making fun of him and saying, hey, you said you could tear down the temple and build it in three days. Let's see if you can even get yourself off the cross. They continued to mock him. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. 
These are just people passing by. The world is cruel, isn't it? Verse 41 of Matthew 27, now the chief priests are gonna get in on the mocking. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders. He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. Do you think they would believe if Jesus came off the cross? Now, Jesus certainly could have done that. In my humanity, if I had the ability to come off the cross at that moment, I would have come off the cross. But then we wouldn't have salvation if he had. For those that were mocking him, he stayed on the cross. He is the king of Israel. He did save others. He is saving others. But they're not going to get him to come down. And, and he did all the great miracles, right? Remember, he had healed the blind, the lame. He had raised Lazarus, and they didn't believe. I don't think that they would have even believed if he had come off the cross. They continue to mock him in verse 43. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. And so it was on this awful day the people did the most terrible things, mocking Jesus. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. They were doing it too. Now you say, wait a second, wait a second. I thought one of the thieves was remorseful. One of the thieves was believing. Well, I'm glad you know your Bible well enough to know that. And we're gonna talk about that in a, in a moment but I think they both were probably in on the mocking. You know how sometimes you just get caught up and then you look back later and you say, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? You're caught up in what other people are doing and, and you're not aware of how, how bad the thing that you're doing is. And it's so easy to, when you hear something to laugh. We should be very careful about that. And I think they were probably both going in on it, but one of the criminals on the cross, I think, started to sense how wrong it was. He was convicted of that. And then we see that the 11th point is that one thief on the cross continues to mock while the other believes. This is one of the most amazing things that I find in the entire Gospels. We call this the thief on the cross that believed. In Luke 23, in verse 39, and by the way, this tells me that anybody can be saved all the way and up till the point of death. Now, you can do some terrible things. You can wait all the way till your deathbed, and you can still get saved, for sure. I know that for sure because of this. And I also know that water baptism isn't essential for salvation because we're going to find this thief that died on the cross next to Jesus had no time to be baptized, no time to live a better life, right? No time to profess Jesus. So let's read this in Luke 23, 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. <laughs> Maybe it was the and us that got the other thief thinking. But the other, verse 40, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, 
seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. We deserve this. But this man hath done nothing amiss. How many times was Jesus declared innocent? Now, by one that declared himself guilty next to Jesus on the cross. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. How old is the earth? Did Noah's flood really happen? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than In Grace's exciting video series, A Walk Through Creation, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Creation Museum in Northern Kentucky with answers in Genesis founder Ken Ham. Together, they discuss how modern science actually backs up truths found in Scripture. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Bodhi Hodge and Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to gain a deeper understanding of the young earth creation perspective. To get this limited time offer, call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. In three hours during the darkness, I believe he was silent. Remember, he had said a lot up to this point from nine until noon. He had talked to the thief on the cross. He had talked to John and his mother. He had said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But from this 12 noon to 3 p.m., nothing. He was silent. I believe the world was silent. He did not speak in those hours of darkness. But then, as the darkness lifts, he cries out. And that's the 13th thing I've noticed. One of the things that Jesus said while on the cross, he said this, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. This is Jesus crying out in Aramaic, and he's saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And this was about the ninth hour, according to Matthew 27, 46. Now, we don't understand this theologically, but we do know for the first time in eternity, the unity of the Godhead had been broken because God the Father could not face his Son who had become sin. I can't explain it theologically, but I know it's true, and I shudder at the fact that we did that. It's our fault that all of this happened. And this also was predicted in Scripture. You can look that up another time, Psalm 22, verse 1. The 14th thing I've noticed about the agonizing death of Christ is Jesus saying, these words, I thirst. He was given vinegar. And it says in John 19, 28 and 29, this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was a set, a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. 
Now, we're going to see Matthew's account of this, and Matthew ties it in with his pronouncement where it says in verse 47 of Matthew 27, some of them that stood there when they heard that, meaning when Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, they thought he was calling out for Elijah. Elijah, Elias in the Greek. So they misunderstood what he was saying, probably because he was parched. And that's why Matthew, it, it tells us that they, this man calls for Elias. They said, uh, some of them that were standing there. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. So we have a reed, but we also have hyssop. I believe the hyssop was the branch that tied the sponge to the reed. And they were lifting it up so that Jesus could take a drink from this. And then it says in verse 49, the rest said, let, be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. He wasn't calling for Elijah. He was saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We have to listen very carefully when God speaks to make sure we hear exactly what he is saying to us. But there, right at the point of death, Jesus wants to say his final words. These words were predicted, and that's why he said, I thirst. And that's why at this time, with his parched lips and his dried throat, he took a little taste, enough for him to speak these final words. They filled the sponge with vinegar. They attached it to the reed with hyssop, and they put it to his mouth. Little did they know what they were doing. Have I said that a lot in this message? Little did they know what they were doing. For it was hyssop that should have reminded the Jews of something else that happened during Passover. For as that Passover lamb was being slain, they were to take hyssop and use it as a brush to take the blood from that innocent lamb to put it on the doorposts of the house. And here it was, as that angel of death would come and see the blood applied by hyssop, the angel of death would pass over. And so was Jesus on the cross the perfect lamb of God, giving his lifeblood to save us. And if you will appropriate the blood of Christ to your life, you will be saved from that angel of the second death. I don't know if there is, is such a thing. I know there's such a thing as the second death. I don't know if there's an angel of the second death, but I know for sure if you put your trust in Jesus and his blood that he shed for you on the cross, you'll be saved from the second death, which is eternal hell. And that's a glorious thought. Again, this was predicted. Psalm 69, verse three. I am weary for my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for God. You need to read Psalm 22 and Psalm 69. It's incredible, the predictions of Christ. And then with the, the last moments of his life at this point, he breathes in maybe his final breath. The, the drink of vinegar has, has enabled Jesus to utter this shout of triumph. When John 19, 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. It is finished. 
That's an amazing, amazing word. It's one word in Hebrew. Tetelestai. Tetelestai means it stands finished and it will always be finished. So in that day, when an artist finished his masterpiece, he would say tetelestai. When when an author finished the manuscript, they would say tetelestai. When a merchant was paid in full, he would say tetelestai. So the death of Jesus on the cross completes the picture that Jesus had started from the beginning of creation. It completes the, the story that Jesus has written from the beginning of creation. It pays in full the debt of sin that we could never pay. To Telestai, it is finished. Jesus cries out. And then, number 16, Jesus cries out, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The final words of Jesus we read in Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. The final thing I've noticed as Jesus died was that he bows his head. In John 19, 30, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I hope this is impacting you to see what God has done for you. You probably have had some bad things happen in life you certainly have not had anything like this. God did this for you. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God commendeth, that means he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if you will put your trust in him, you will be saved. He paid the debt for your sins in full. Now just receive that pardon that gives you everlasting life. How? By faith. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Apply the blood of Jesus to your life and you will be saved forever. If you have questions about salvation, please talk to us. Uh, You can go to our website anytime, day or night, ingraceradio.com. We have more resources there, or you can contact us. Or you can call us during business hours, 1-800-78-GRACE. And we want to make sure you have this settled, that you have received by faith Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. What a horrible, horrible thing it was, the death of Jesus, the death of God, but he loves you so much that he did this for you. And if you'll believe in him, you will be saved. Let me tell you some things I'm really excited about here at In Grace. Uh, We have a a wonderful event coming up this Sunday, and uh, we would love to have you come here in person, Mike Pompeo. And you can find out more information on that on our website. If you live too far away, and many of you do, you live all over the United States and the world, let me invite you to listen or watch live this Sunday at 11 o'clock Central Time on March 12th to hear Mike Pompeo. 
We're also excited because we're going to be hosting a cruise to Alaska this July, and we would love to have you come and see Alaska with us here at InGrace and our creation speaker, Bruce Malone. And then finally, speaking of creation, let me encourage you to contact us to get our resource of the month. It's a walk through the Creation Museum with Ken Ham. Him and I go through the museum. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And I'd love to have you watch this video series. You can have it for a gift of any amount to InGrace. Your gift makes sure more people hear the gospel of grace. And if your gift is over $35 or more, I'm going to send you two more exciting creation videos. One is a tour of Noah's Ark with Ken's son-in-law, Bodhi Hodge, and the other is Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. Don't forget to get the video series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham, for your gift of any amount. When your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark and Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.